trust the movement I negate the chaos Uplift the negative I'll show up at the table Again and again Welcome to Grassroot Ohio Conversations with everyday people Working on important issues here in Columbus And all around Ohio I'm Carolyn Harding And today I'm talking with Jolene Streeter Trans woman, founder and CEO Of the nonprofit advocacy organization Transhumanity. Jolene Streeter, she, her, hers, lady woman, would you share your bio with our listeners? I would love to, Carolyn. Um, without further ado, uh, here's a little bit about myself. Hello, friends and family. My name is Jolene Streeter. I was born into this world transgender. As far back as I can remember, I grew up with great inner turmoil between two worlds. Uh, on one side was the far-right evangelical church. Now, the other was my life quest journey of self-discovery to discover my true identity and all that I was led to believe and accept as truth. From my earliest memories, I recall feeling trapped inside the wrong body with the question that I was different than what society's predetermined black and white binary society had told me to be. And thus, this is a story of survival from far-right conservative upbringing and conversion therapy to at last breaking free to becoming truly who I was meant to be. I am transgender, and this is my story. Thank you so much, Jolene. We first met at the Ohio State House on January 24, 2024, the day the Ohio Senate voted to overrule Governor Mike DeWine's veto of HB 68 which, according to the Ohio Capital Journal, blocks gender-affirming care for trans youth and prevents transgender athletes from playing women's sports. The bill prohibits transgender youth from starting hormone therapy and puberty blockers. And gender-affirming care is supported by every major medical organization in the United States. Jolene, why did you come to the State House that day? Well, a little bit about my, about my background as well. I am... Uh, literally heritage of one of our founding fathers. I was brought up when I was a young girl in my eyes, and according to uh, the DSM-5, and according to medical definitions that still exist for transgender people, that we, we are who we are. Uh, furthermore, let me elaborate. When I was a child, I was brought up with the Declaration of Independence. I was also brought up with the Constitution, the Preamble. And I was informed that all people are worthy of liberty, freedom, and justice for, for all of us, not just a select few. Um, of course, in my story, um, which we will elaborate on, I didn't always feel that way. But it has taken me a very difficult and trying journey to get to where I am at today. And without further ado, I have gone from detransitioning to retransitioning to come to the understanding that you are who you are. And literally, as I just stated, all people are worthy of freedom, liberty, and justice. That's the America that I was brought up in. And uh, that's what brought me to the State House on that day. What is your take? You are a, a young adult now, but what is your take on HB 68 and how it will impact young people and their families? You know, Carolyn, it's interesting because I myself, like 
every transgender adult was once a transgender youth according to medical records and medical uh proof it is actually stated that our brains um according to studies have been shown that they are of the different gender than the natal gender that we were were born with so with that being stated all transgender adults if you look at it were once transgender youth and i myself having a difficult upbringing myself uh was once a transgender youth as well i personally believe that hb 68 and the revisement and the decision that the state house had made on that day is simply and one word diabolic i do not believe that it will help the youth in any way shape or form and act accordingly to um just conserve and focus on the youth i feel that it is one step uh, forward to erase the transgender population um unjustly and i am not the only one who feels that way I, I do feel that in order to prohibit transgender youth from medical ability to transition to be their true selves not only prohibits the freedom liberty and justice that america was founded upon but it prohibits the very freedom of speech and of intuition for any individual that is uh looking to identify as transgender and does with medical and psychological support uh furthermore i believe that not only is this law now unjust uh but it is a tyranny to the transgender population because it goes without saying that the transgender youth are prohibited from being their true selves it's one more motion forward towards the adults who are transgender who are in every facet of society and every great uh industry uh known to to mankind today so simply put i think it's a very negative turn in the wrong direction doing your life story is complex for someone in their early 30s can you talk a bit about your evangelical upbringing or your upbringing that kind of created the the conflict that you grew up with to being who you are absolutely um well i think it goes without saying that not every trans uh, person is born into an accepting family i know for myself i i certainly wasn't i was uh brought up in a military far-right conservative evangelical family and i was taught from an early age that boys do boy things and girls do girl things and there is no gender spectrum the gender in fact for all of us are is binary and uh therefore there is no mixing but something in my mind and in my heart knew from a very early age that i was different um i remember my earliest memories uh literally looking at my plumbing and asking my my mother why is this not like other girls because as we know from early age generally uh the activity of playing doctor is a thing sometimes for children and for myself uh, i literally wanted to know why my plumbing was different and i was told well this is the way that god has created you and you cannot be anything other than who he has designed you to be uh that was a very difficult burden for me to to bear at that time um and 
I remember rebelling. I had cross-dressed uh, my mother's clothing and put on her makeup you know, from the earliest memory that I can remember uh, and literally crossed, as I stated, between two separate worlds. One is uh, living who they wanted me to be and the other who I, I truly was to be. And so uh, it was it was very difficult. M might I state on a side note that I'm not the only one who has a similar story, but in my particular pathway of my journey, uh, it was very difficult to play a, a double life, so to say, and uh, tell the line. So in my early years, I uh, made sure that I found uh, rough and tumble boys to uh, almost amount for the, the strength and the uh, masculinity that I, I did not feel that I I had and, and knew that I was different. And uh, it was a very difficult uh, upbringing. Uh, I was often mocked. I was often a recluse. I was uh, never picked for popularity or uh, any of the games or uh, picked for gym class. I would find ways to get out of that when it came time for shower time in the boys locker room i was never there <laughs> found a way to get out of it every time <laughs> and i just remember at the end of high school i just made a determination to myself that i was literally going to find the truth about myself and do what i had to do to be comfortable in my own body how did you find that truth and when how old were you when you transitioned the first time I was about 18 years old um, when I transitioned the first time. I remember going to Lorain County Community College here in our Northeast Ohio. And at the time, there was not a whole lot of literature for trans people. Everything that's been built today from the literature and the books to uh, social media to websites, all of that had not been invented yet. And so there were two books that I had come across that really were profound to me. The first one was on Christine Jorgensen. If, for those who don't know who Christine Jorgensen is, she is one of the uh, founding recognized uh, trans ladies and one of the very first well-known trans women for surgery. And uh, when she had made her announcement and her change, and declared to the world, it revolutionized initially society in the uh, 1940s and 50s. And it was life-changing initially. No one had ever thought of a GI to change their gender and to make such a bold announcement. But that information to me really inspired me in a great way. Uh, the other was on a tennis player known as Renee Richards. Uh, Renee Richards, for those who don't know, uh, she was a very famous tennis player, trans woman as well, and uh, got recognition for being a woman's sports as a trans woman. And at the time, there was nothing done uh, about it. Uh, it was a revolutionary change to the sports industry as a whole. And so coming across those books and you know, they say knowledge is power for myself. I found power to really come to the understanding that I can make the change to be who I am as well. 
I always knew within myself that I was feminine and that I knew somewhere there's an inward knowing that I was, I was a girl. And so I came to the conclusion that I was going to get help and made the decision to do so. So you lived as a woman after you were 18. Um, Correct. And then in your history, you talk about going into conversion therapy. Talk about that transition, how that happened, and what that experience was like. Well, certainly, yes. When I was 16, I really began to look into cross-dressing myself. It was kind of living a double life. At nighttime, I was uh, dressing and living as uh, a girl. And at daytime, I was I was uh, another persona to my family and uh, everyone else. With that information, uh, I then coming across when I was 18 on information regarding two major trans icons, I made the decision to first thing, bring it to my, my folks and have them look at the information and say, you know, see here, mom and dad, I am different. And uh, I really am your daughter. And here's proof that can validate uh, my existence. At the time that was strongly condemned. I remember my father uh, literally uh, flipping the books out of my hands and stating that the, no son of mine is going to be this way. And uh, furthermore, uh, I was met with uh, going to therapy, being institutionalized, and even being homeless um, in the streets of Cleveland, where many of my transgender sister and brothers uh, have made that venture as well. From there, I remember I uh, made a distinct direction to try to return home. And that was made with an ultimatum. Uh, the ultimatum that I was uh, made and met with was that I had to attend conversion therapy in the heart of the Bible belts in order to return back home. And so I made the only decision that I knew how to make at the time. And I stated, okay, well, uh, I'll do what, what is necessary to oblige by my family and do what I need to do to uh, live under the rules of the household and, and to the line. And so I went to one of the most renowned uh, conversion therapy centers at the time, known as Love in Action, which was an offshoot of Exodus International. For those who don't know, Exodus International uh, was a, a major international conversion therapy institution. It was made by the far-right church, and it was made specifically so that those who identify as LGBTQ would no longer identify as LGBTQ, but who the church says that you are, and who the church decides to claim that you are. And so this consisted of weekly meetings in an AA uh, group setting, uh, acknowledging our wrongs and trying to uh, admit our mistakes that we are, are transgender and should not be, uh, or LGBT, because uh, there were people of every facet of the LGBTQIA community. And uh, we need to uh, admit our weaknesses to God, they would say, and exchange, exchange it for his strength to make it to be a, a different gender. 
um, than, than who we knew ourselves to be, transgender or sexual orientation, and, and become straight-laced, uh, cookie-cutter uh, individuals who they claimed we should be. And so I was informed that this for myself would be about a month's length of time. And I remember at the time thinking, okay, well, I could probably do a, do a month's length of time. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like, this is the only way to get back home. I'm, I'm going to have to do what I'm going to have to do. And um, I chose to undergo this grueling process. At the time, it was actually a six, turned out to be a six-month process, half a year. And at the end of it, they cut my hair and they uh, gave me basically an equivalent of a bar mitzvah, a, a guy's stag party. And... Uh, it was to symbolize that I was to be a guy and uh, not the woman that I am today and celebrate that. I remember my father coming to that event and Monday, as a side note, I, I love my family and my birth family dearly. Uh, to this day, I still struggle with the sins of their past that they've inflicted upon me, but um, I hold no ill will. Uh, what I do hope and believe and pray for is a change and i will maybe spend the rest of my life looking forward to that however in this capacity uh seeing my father there and my mother i felt valid as a persona that they wanted me to be i remember i did not feel comfortable uh letting my femininity out of the box again for a little while after that process. Uh, but we came home from uh, Bartlett, Tennessee, where Love and Action was located to Cleveland. And for a time, that was that. Well, talk about what was the impetus to make you return to being who you really are, to transition back to Jolene. Well, um, when a trans person hides herself in a way that they state that they are uh, their needle gender and that their uh, transitional gender does not apply to them. Uh, we call that purging in the trans population. And there is more than one account of myself purging. Uh, I remember at this point, I had just turned 18 and I initially remembered what my father had stated when I was 18, I could have the ability to walk out of the house and, and I did. So I remember for myself returning back to my transition and finding uh, a, a guy who I didn't even know at the time uh, on a phone chat line because at the time we did not have social media uh, dating apps and thought, well, this is my ticket out of here. I will take this uh, opportunity and go and be myself. And for five years, uh, I went and did just that. I uh, found community through a local Cleveland group called uh, Trans Family and found peer support. Met some of my very first uh, trans friends and I uh, found out suddenly that I was not so alone in this world. There are others like me and there are others who can share in the journey. And at the time, I thought it was wonderful. Uh, this whole extent for myself, lasted uh, about a decade, about 10 years, uh, so 18 to about 29. And uh, 
I remember it certainly had its highs and lows, but I was grateful for the journey, grateful for the experience. I still am uh, because ultimately, as the woman that I am today, the director of transhumanity, uh, I know without a shadow of a doubt that this is who I am. And looking back, I do not regret uh, a single step forward in myself that I I made to be myself. But I think uh, a very simple way to put it, when you are finally free from bondage, there is a liberty and uh accepting your freedom and for myself that was the pathway that i took towards becoming who i am today let's talk about your your nonprofit transhumanity talk about what what you do with that organization absolutely uh well transhumanity uh first of all can be found on our website uh which is transhumanity.wix site.com at the time we're working on a public domain but as being the ceo and director of transhumanity i have made a decision to publicly state that no longer is a transgender a gender variant society alone but we are a community that is out and proud to be ourselves and are affirmed and ourselves and are here to support one another. Um, we live by the slogan, united we stand, undivided we fall. And our hope is that together we can make and pave the way to a brighter future. Uh, we provide counseling resources. Uh, we have a uh, transgender boutique known as Transhumanity Boutique uh, for transgender and var gender variant clothing. We have also, um, those of us, some of us who go out to uh, different institutions like I had on uh, HB68 to go and uh, be present there or to speak, uh, we try to find homes for uh, those in locations that are no longer legal to be transgender. So we find homes for those. We provide shelter. Uh, even with my own home, I've opened my own home, my chosen mother and I, to transgender individuals who are uh, in need of uh, assistance and help. Uh, any resources as far as gender confirmation surgery to elective surgeries and uh, resources we provide. And we also make sure on our website that the current events of the transgender population and gender variant people are recognized and we make points to make that informed. One of the latest things that we're doing uh, as of trans humanity, we've started a YouTube channel. Uh, we can be found on YouTube, I know it's trans humanity. Our campaign that we're working on right now is called Trans Voices Rising. And it is a, a real beer bones discussion like we're having right now of transgender individuals uh, regarding uh, true subject matter that applies to transgender and gender variant public and we work at finding solutions to the issues of our population well the latest things that we have created as of late uh now has been a uh, chat a, a chat group for each and every gender variant uh group that is out there and i'm very pleased to announce that as well so you're connecting people 
with resources and with each other. Our focus and our product, first and foremost, is community and unity within uh, our populations. Uh, my my aim is to make sure that uh, we provide a source of community and a safe place for uh, gender variant society. But we again, we do offer resources and we offer help with that. If you're looking for psychiatry, we have uh, one of our psychiatrists from Los Angeles who has their own firm, who is a gender uh, affirming transgender psychiatrist themselves. Um, we have a uh, another apprentice uh, counselor who is uh, up and coming as well. So we have now two uh, counselors for therapy and uh, gender affirming care. And uh, any additional resources that are needed, we provide that. But we really want to make our focus on bridging the gap uh, with unity as our front and focus. Thank you so much, Jolene Streeter. This has been a great conversation. We appreciate it so much. It's been an honor and privilege to be here. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Grassroot Ohio radio podcast with Jolene Streeter, trans woman, founder and CEO of the nonprofit advocacy organization, Transhumanity. In addition to our Friday 5 p.m. broadcast on WGRN, Grassroot Ohio also airs on Sundays at 2 p.m. on WCRS-FM. You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for joining us. There's a time to listen and learn, a time to organize and strategize, and a time to stand up, fight back.